Hey, what's going on, good people? It's Gardner Douglas, your Oyster Ninja. I'm here with Mr. Chris Fields. You guys might recognize this beautiful face uh, from some of his <laughs> shucking lessons all over. That's actually how I saw. I was like, uh, let me just let me do some Googling on Mr. Fields here. And uh, everybody just raves about how you do your thing behind a knife, man. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. It's 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 really nice. It's really nice to hear that, you know, because um, basically when when I'm doing oysters, it's all about the people enjoying them. It's not about me at all, you know, and I just I just want to see people enjoy oysters. It's this is a job that's given me more joy than any other career I've had in my life. And it's a pleasure to be here with you, Gardner. Yeah, man, my pleasure, man. So how in the world did you get into this daggone shucking world? <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Okay, Gardner, I'm sure you're familiar with the saying, no good deed goes unpunished, right? No doubt. Okay, well, I'm living proof of it. Uh, I, basically, I basically returned a lost item to the person who lost it, and like a wallet and a backpack. To the person that lost it on, on the streets of Toronto, where I'm originally from, and for for my honesty and good work, I was offered a dozen raw oysters, dozen malpecs, and a job offer, because uh, according to the person who lost the wallet and backpack, uh, I was an honest, upstanding young man. But then again, it was back in 87, so the young part doesn't fly anymore, you know? But that's, that's how I got into this. And uh, it was the first time I ever ate raw oysters in my life, and it was during a shellfish scare, of all things. Wow. Yeah, and I was sitting there. It was a newly opened oyster bar. It was Rodney's Oyster House in Toronto. And at the time, they were located on Adelaide Street, and I walked in, and there was Rodney behind the counter. Um, I'm sure you know Eamon Clark. Mm -hmm. that's, that's his dad. And um, he gave me a dozen raw oysters and said, hey, thanks a lot, you know, and everything, you know. And uh, I was kind of hesitant at first, you know, with the shellfish scare and the whole bit, you know. And I looked at the other couple, and I didn't know if it was a murder-suicide pact or whatever, right, you know. <laughs> you know, so... You know, it's just like, but when I tried them, they were incredible. You know, it's like, where, why have I not eaten these before? You know, I, I was just taken, taken aback by how, how they tasted like the ocean. And as soon as I ate one, it made me feel like I was a little kid playing on the beach, you know, and, you know, diving in the salt water, you know, like, yeah. It, it was just something that really appealed to me. So I took it on part-time until 93 when I quit my full-time job uh, working for DHL and I decided to do it full-time. And uh, basically that was almost 34 years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I've never looked back. No doubt, man. No need yeah. to look back, man. No, no. I, I found I found something that I'm actually passionate at, good at, you know, and uh, I, I just love the reaction when I can get someone to try an oyster for the first time. Right. And, uh, I, How hard I, is that for you, though? Uh, for... How hard is it for you to get somebody to try their first oyster? Um... Uh, 
some people are more difficult than others. You know, like, uh, you know, a lot of the people, they go, oh, well, it's the appearance of it. And then that's when I usually counter, have you ever eaten a chocolate bar with nuts? <laughs> and they go, yeah. And I go, well, let's think about what that looks like, really. <laughs> and I, I go, it might look like that, but it tastes great. You know, and I go, and, you know, I said, you really can't have an opinion about something until you at least try it, you know, and I, I just try to get them into the mood for it. And most of the time, it's really not that hard. It's um, because I like to do a nice mixed plate. I like to give them a sampler plate. And the person ordering oysters, I will usually run right through it with them, you know, telling them where they're from, how they're grown, what they eat and what they can expect and generally people listening in are interested and i think in a way they want the same kind of attention and they they just want to have the same experience as everyone else no doubt and, and i i find it makes it easier that way you know just taking the time to explain a little to the person having them and like the first time i worked at the barefoot i did out a plate very nice sampler plate, you know, five different types of oysters. I explain them all. And the person next to me goes, next to them goes, hey, uh, can I get a dozen oysters? And his wife had never tried them, but just listening to the way they were explained, I kind of took the mystery out of it, you know, what to expect. Right, right. You know, because they're, they're all definitely different, different times of the year, you know, and I think a lot of it, a lot of what scares people at first is just not knowing, you know? So, like, mm -hmm. um, what I was going to say, oh, so, um, just like your, your perfect plate of five, like how would yeah. that go? Um, I, I did some really beautiful like uh, European oysters that were growing up, uh, growing up out on the coast here um, in BC. And these were done by just this old English couple and they're no longer in business. I think Taylor Shellfish bought them out actually. Um, but um, they were phenomenal. Big, like almost dinner, like side plate sized. And um, some Kumamoto's, uh, some really nice uh, beach angels from my friends up at Atlantis, shellfish on Cortez Island. Uh, what else did I give? Uh, and, and some Olympias from uh, Washington State. I like those. When I can get them, I, I like to get those for myself. Yeah, I like to get them too, uh, because here in Canada, they're actually on the watch species list. Mm. So that puts them just a step down, you know, um, you know, just from um, just from like being endangered. So, you know, uh, the farmers out here are doing their best to actually promote their growth, but we're not selling them commercially yet. But I, I always tell people like this is a gem when you can get them, try them because they might be a small oyster, but as far as taste and texture and everything else go, they're they're huge. They're huge. And they're nice to shut too. You know? Yeah, nice and easy. They pop right open. 
Yeah, and, and they're beautiful. Like the shells are beautiful. It's more like an abalone shell a lot of the time than uh, a real oyster shell, you know, like without so much nacre, you know, without that, uh, the mother of pearl on it, you know, but it's just beautiful. Yeah, no, it's one of my favorites out here. You so, know, and I try uh, to, yep. go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, I just try to promote the locally growing stuff as much as possible, but that doesn't stop me from ordering some really prime East Coast oysters either. So, yeah. So, so you've been behind a knife for 30 some years. Yeah. Uh, or is there any um, memories that kind of stick out that, you know, that'll never leave you? Uh, there's quite a few. There's quite a few. Um, but uh, mainly, uh, what one of the best memories I had was uh about 10 years ago i participated in the southern oyster ontario oyster opening championship and if you talk to any shucker up here in canada they'll tell you that's the toughest competition not the not the nationals but that one because mm -hmm. that's when all the big names are pulling the knives out of the drawer and everything else because that's the one that we really like you know, because we know we're going against some really tough competition and we know the oysters are great. And plus, I got to say, Rodney and Eamon know how to throw a hell of a party, you know, but what it was, was connecting with Rodney again, because I hadn't seen him in at least 15 years and uh, him pulling me aside and telling me, you know, I'm glad you stuck with it and, you know just gave gave me a really nice sort of shot in the arm of confidence before I went up and shucked. Mind you, I, you know, placed 11th that day because, well, I kind of got into the beer a little too much. It's a shucking competition, right? This is what I tell people, you know, like it can go either way, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was just nice to reconnect with all all my oyster brothers and sisters that I hadn't seen in such a long, long time because I've been out in BC for quite a while. And it was just nice to get back there, you know? Yeah. So a lot of people yeah, have a different uh, techniques and methods they do to get ready for competition. So when you're not partaking in the beer, like how do you yeah. get ready for a <laughs> shucking competition? Basically, I have a playlist uh, on my phone and I will basically go to where I'm working or, you know, go, go to the oyster competition itself and get some practice in ahead of time, you know, just opening oysters for the people that are attending and everything else. But generally, I pick one song that I feel is the rhythm for the shucking that day. And it, it can vary. It can vary as far as how I'm feeling that day. You know, like, uh, God, uh, the last one I was in just in November, I think it was Cotton Eye Joe by Redneck. <laughs> you know, like, but it had a good solid beat. And I was doing 30 Oysters and I, you know, looked at the time on the song and it's like, well, it's under three minutes. So if I can get my, my, uh, my oysters shucked and on the plate 
in that time then i've done i've done exactly what i wanted to right you know and uh yeah a lot of it's uh, but i you know as far as shocking music goes i think i prefer james brown over everything nice nice yeah yeah living in america great horn section you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah no doubt yeah. about that uh, yeah, one song that, too, you know? one song that got me through, and um, you might think this is weird, but it was Elvis Presley. Yeah, which one? Uh, little sister, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I like Promised Land too. That's a that's oh, a good nice. one. You know, a good little rockin' Elvis tune. You know, like yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a great choice. So the band just happened to be playing that song at the competition. And um, oh, I swear, I just yeah. jumped into the groove and jumped on top of the beat, and I just wrote it the whole way. Nice, nice. Yeah. It, isn't it a great feeling when you finish and, and you still want to dance, though? <laughs> you still want to go. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, well, that, that's the way it was for me, you know? Like, you know, as soon, as soon as I stepped away from the plate and everything else, you know, like, it's just like, my coworkers at the restaurant who were timing us and judging us and everything else, they they were just going, I've never seen you dance before. And I go, yeah. And they go, well, you're not bad for a white guy. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I go, well, I like to think I have some rhythm, you know? Right. So, yeah. James yeah. Brown will do it for you. Oh, definitely. Come on, James. James yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, and how can you not like James Brown? I'm right. sorry, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. So over the years, we, since we're talking about, you know, James Brown musicians, have you shocked for any like celebrities or anything like that? Uh, actually, quite a few, quite a nice. few. That's the neat thing about the restaurant up here. Uh, I've gotten quite a few. Um, uh, I'll just list a few of my favorites. Actually, one of them was Queen Latifah. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, she was great, actually. She was great. The people she was with were horrible, mm. but she was she was fantastic. Like, uh, you know, she really likes her oysters. And when when I asked her what she wanted to drink, she said, "Oh, I want a Hennessy and Coke." And I guess she must have read the expression on my face. And she goes, "Listen, you can take the girl out of the ghetto, but not the ghetto out of the girl." <laughs> you know, and. I just liked her because she was very approachable. She was very, very pleasant, you know, like really, really pleasant. And even though at the time, uh, I, you know, when someone said, oh, Queen Latifah's here, I go, which country is she queen of? <laughs> you know, like, that's, you know, I'm an older guy, right? I'm not keeping up with everything. But uh, after that, like, uh, I definitely became one of her fans. The, the other one that really sticks out, was Robin Williams. Ooh, wow. Yeah, and he was up here with his son on a vacation. And I gotta tell you, that guy was exactly how you see him on TV. You know, he was always on, he, he was making me laugh and everything. And I don't usually gush over celebrities at all because I don't wanna be that guy, you know? Uh, but with him, I. You know, I just told him, I said, uh, you know, honestly, I got to thank you for all the laughs you've given me over the years, you know, and he, he was really, really nice. Uh, he was just happy to be there with his son. Yeah, yeah, it, it was great. I, I've served a couple of, uh, you know, I served two prime ministers in Canada. 
um, as well. Uh, one of them I liked because uh, his security detail had pepper sprayed someone the day before. Mm -hmm. And when he had his oysters, I said, would you like some pepper on that? He got the joke, but his security detail didn't find it funny at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know, and uh, when my manager wanted to have a word with me and I told him, oh, I'm probably going to get fired for cracking off to you now. And he told the guy, he goes, hey, leave him alone. That guy's my boss. You know, he can say anything he likes. He's right. a taxpayer. He's my boss. He can say which, you know, for a politician, I was rather shocked at, you know, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's just like, wow, he took that joke. Well, you know, I'm like, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah. what's up, man. So yeah. what sets you apart, um, you know, behind the knife? Because like I said, I looked you up and um, everybody was just like going crazy over like how you're so, um, I guess you're, uh, you have a lot of patience and you, you, you thoroughly teach about you know your craft yeah well the, i think what sets me apart is the education part you know i want people to know what they're eating and i want to give the people who are going out there every day in all kinds of weather harvesting these oysters you know putting their literally putting their asses on the line to bring us something to our dinner plate you know, and the one thing I like to point out to them is you don't have to be on a crab boat in the Bering Sea to die while you're on the water. You know, these people, you know, they're, they're, they're putting it on the line every day. And um, I, try to, I try to educate people and tell them where their oysters are from, you know, the kind of areas. You know, I even tell them, like, look, if you want to go up and visit these people, I can arrange that. I've done that on numerous occasions for certain guests. And what it is, is when Rodney and Adam Calhoun taught me this, and I discovered this new lease on life, a uh, new career, I, I said, listen, you know, I, I, I really am grateful. I'd like to pay you back. And they both said, just play it forward. You know, do the same thing we did with you. Continue it. And that's all I've tried to do. I've tried to just live up to what they asked me for because I am still grateful to this day, 34 years later, for them having taken the time to teach me. You know? So, like, really, and I, I, I think people these days are more aware and want to be more aware where their food comes from, how it was raised. You know, you see this more and more, you know, glutens, vegans, you know, like uh, people, uh, what are the vegans calling themselves now? Oh, yeah, they're on, they're plant-based people, you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I'm not slagging them at all. You know, it, it's just, I want to keep up with the current terminology on it, you know, but um, yeah, for me, it's really actually just educating people and giving them a good laugh, you know, and hearing their stories. You know, like the one thing I love about serving people oysters is when they're really enjoying it, you get to hear the story of their first oyster, which is, which is really neat. You know, like this one lady telling me when she was a little girl running on the beach and cutting her feet on an oyster shell and her dad drying her tears while serving her a fresh oyster, mm. first one she ever had. And it's, it's neat to hear their stories. 
you know, like I said, it's not about me, it's about them, but, you know, I, I give them a few stories of my own, the ones that aren't covered by non-disclosure agreements, you know? <laughs> <laughs> which a few of them might be, you know, right. but like, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, uh, that, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, so, go ahead. Yeah, I want to ask you, what got you into it? What got me into uh, shucking oysters? Yeah. Um, the money, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the money. The money. The money got me into it, but the love of oysters <laughs> kept me into it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, um, like my dad shucked oysters, and um, you know, he taught me how to shuck oysters when I was around 20, 21, something like that. And uh, from there, man, I got the bug, man. Yeah. I'm. I'm yeah. telling you. So this is um. Uh, it's a good one, man. Um, I just, I got the bug and I just never let go, man. It's like I always, when I, when I needed extra money, I knew oysters would be there, you know? And yeah. uh, I would shuck them and go sell them or, you know, maybe we got a gig at a firehouse to go shuck somewhere. And uh, nice. we would do that, like the oyster and bull roast. And then uh. I, I moved up to D.C. and I started, um, you know, basically uh, going to like a, uh more fancier way of i guess doing it yeah and uh man people ate me up and loved it man then i started with the social media stuff and when social media gets hold of you you know it's <laughs> up up and away yeah for sure for sure no that that's great you know like yeah uh, like yeah nah. I, I i like the oyster ninja logo too that's that's awesome <laughs> thank you man yeah my yeah. buddy uh ken blanchard man ken blanchard has a, a bunch of podcasts black man with a gun speak life yeah. ministries um he's got some good ones man but uh you know when i got this uh so i got a day job too a lot of people don't know they just think i shuck oysters yeah. all the time yeah but uh, I met him, and he was like, hey, man, you need to tell that story. You need to. I was like, yeah, you know, that would be cool. I was like, I could interview other oyster shuckers and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. what, what would I call it? I don't even know. Like, And then we just start, <laughs> we just start shooting back and forth in Oyster Ninja Cart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. And I love the logo, too, you know? Like, yeah. 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 Uh, one place I worked in Toronto, Oyster Boy. Uh, with Adam Calhoun, who's oyster, well, he is an oyster boy, mm -hmm. basically. Um, but um, he went to Okinawa and he brought back all these ninja masks for the staff. <laughs> and they all had numbers. And he goes, No, look, if I give you one, it's not how I feel towards you, you know? Right. I, as a matter of fact, the person getting number one, well, I'm thinking of firing you, but, you know? Right, right. <laughs> you know? But like, yeah, no, it was really cool because, you know, like a couple of times I'd put it on during service, you know, just to freak people out. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. That's all uh, right. Yeah. So as far as like the oyster industry, man, I know you before we started recording, you was telling me that, you know, you got kind of uh, um, cut back from, you know, the, the raw bars. So what can yeah. we do right now in this time, like to keep the movement going? Well, I, I think I think uh, what we should do as an industry is basically, you know, we we have to be adaptable. Uh, we have to 
basically like it's unfortunate we can't have our oyster festivals like we did because that was always a great way of approaching people but what i'm trying to do now is encourage people um because of the ability to socially distance now uh to go to oyster farms for tours uh slight tours it helps the farmers out uh helps the water people out uh and they can go out on a boat and still keep socially distanced you know and uh it's out in the open lots of wind and they can still enjoy their oysters um and the other thing uh a lot of the the people that I've dealt with uh, over the years are doing now, they're smoking their product and canning it. But uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is, you know, um, basically talk, talk the restaurants into like having an outdoor oyster bar where people can still talk to the shucker while maintaining distance, mm-hmm. you know, because like indoors, uh, you know, people people are reluctant these days to get too close, and understandably so. You know, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, I'm we're I'm just trying to adapt as best I can to the new new reality, basically on this. You know, and um, we're I I don't know if I've solved it yet, but I'm doing my best. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you for taking time out, man, and talking with the Oyster Ninja podcast. And oh, you know, totally my pleasure. My friend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if and you know, if and when you get out here, I'd love to show you around. For you sure, know? man. For sure. I, oh yeah. It's crazy. I get so many invites, and before you know, it's kind of where oh yeah, you know, eventually I'll get to it. But now it's like, dang, when will I be able to get to it? You know. Yeah, no, I hear you there. I hear you. I hear you. You know, like there, there's a lot of, a lot of friends and everything I want to go visit right now. And, um, you know, because I, I'm pretty heavily involved with the Japanese oyster industry mm-hmm. as well. Um, because my fiance is Japanese and, um, I'm going to be moving there eventually, but I do have a few oyster growing friends over there. And I miss the hell out of them because they're they're a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm hoping to get over there soon. Nice man. But, yeah. Well yeah. Keep keep us posted, man. And um just for the uh the, the listeners and followers, man, where where can we, you know, stay updated updated with you? Hopefully when everything opens up we can come see you at a oyster bar or something. Yeah. Well, uh yeah, the barefoot or uh basically just like on social media, I'll keep updated it. I'll keep it updated as to you know what I'm doing, where I am. Uh because this winter we just got to see how things work out financially. Mm-hmm. For for the restaurant, which I'm sure a lot of shuckers are in the same boat. You know, um you know there are a couple other places in town, but, uh, uh, you know, I might go down to Vancouver, you know, to get back on, get back on the horse, so to speak, you know, so. Okay, man. Well, yeah, we wish you I'll, luck and I wish you luck and just keep me posted and I'll keep the listeners posted, man. Thank you so much, Gardner. Thank you. Uh, and it's been, it's been a total pleasure, man. It's really nice to talk to a fellow oyster shocker.
No doubt, yeah. man. Yeah. And Hopefully I want to get is... one I want to get one of your hats too. <laughs> yeah. All right, when the next batch comes in, I'll, I'll keep you posted. Okay, thanks a lot, man. Okay. All right. Listen, all the best to you and your family. Take good care. Be safe, man. All right. All right. Okay.